100.7 FM WHIN 1010 AM presents Sumner County Spotlight, a weekly public affairs program each Sunday at 10 AM. Sumner County Spotlight, exclusively by FNM Bank. 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville. FNM Bank offers personal banking, business banking, and mortgage loans too. Right here in Hendersonville, FNM Bank is one of the top independent banks in Tennessee. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. MMLS number 518158. Here's your host for Sumner County Spotlights, Tony Richards. Good morning and welcome to Sumner County Spotlight this Sunday morning brought to you by FNM Bank, 221 Indian Lake Boulevard and at myfmbank.com. Glad they're, they're our sponsor today and... And with us this morning, we have, uh, we're glad to have Russ Edwards, who is an alderman for Hendersonville and also local attorney. Russ, good morning. Good morning. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing fine. Um, should we get which district you're in here so I, I make sure I get this right? I'm in Ward 3. Ward 3, ladies and gentlemen. Yep. All right, Russ. Well, we're glad to have you on the program. Well, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Well, let's just uh, learn a little bit about you, uh, yeah. maybe how long you've been in office, uh, where you're from, and uh, how things uh, occurred in your lifetime to get you where you are today. Okay. Well, I know I'll that's start... a loaded question. <laughs> yes. Well, that, that's a very open-ended question, but yeah, I'll be happy to, to answer. Just to start, I'm, I'm from Hendersonville, born and raised in Hendersonville. My father, Mike Edwards, is an attorney, and he's been practicing for uh, close to 46 years, and, um, and so I went, I ended up going to Gallatin High School, but stayed in Sumner, obviously stayed in Sumner County, mm-hmm. and went to the University of Tennessee, majored in political science. I came back here after college, and I attended the Nashville School of Law while um, living in Hendersonville as well as working for my father as a paralegal. I obtained my law degree in 2003, and I've been practicing in Hendersonville and um, uh, ever since. And I've uh, we have a law practice together, Edwards and Edwards. Mm-hmm. And I still live here in Hendersonville. And um, was that always the plan, Russ, to uh, to to go into that uh, family business kind of thing, or? Yeah, it, it was. It's it's always what I wanted to do, um, and um, yeah, I, I can even remember in kindergarten the teacher going around asking what people wanted to do. Some would say they wanted to be a professional football player or or fireman, and I I said I wanted to be an attorney. Mm-hmm. So um, so yeah, you went to so you went to UT. So there was always the plan to come back to Hendersonville Gallatin area. Then yes. That I was always you. my plan. I got gotcha. you. And uh, so poli-sci courses, that means there was always going to be maybe a political thing, too? Did your father ever do any of that? No, he was never active in politics. I've just always been interested in high school. I participated in various political um, things. We did uh, youth legislature and, 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 um, and did the model UN. So I've, I've always really been interested in politics. I didn't think I would be a politician. I just thought I would, um, you know, it's just an interest of mine. And Well, it's, uh, it's, it's certainly interesting now, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> you know, a, lot, a little different than when you were in high school. It is. It's a little different with, with social media and everything. It's a little bit different, but mm-hmm. yeah, and I, um, I've always been 
um, you know, I've been active in the community, and um, an opportunity presented itself to 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 run for office. I've never run before, mm-hmm. and that's Alderman in Ward Three, and that was in 2018. So I I, I put my name in the hat, and um, so uh, was ran. it a, what, was it what you thought? You know, the the experience of doing it. Yeah, I mean, it was. It's a, a little more intense than what I thought it would be. Um, it's it, it can consume you. It can take up a lot of time, um, but uh, it's worth it. I, I enjoy doing it overall. There's there's parts of it that aren't so pleasant, mm-hmm. but it's it's I enjoy doing it. I, I've I've always thought that the the ultimate act of public service is actually running for office and putting your name on a ballot and running that it's it's all about public service and if and if really you're doing it for any any other reason you're doing it for the wrong reasons right um, right where you actually want to make a difference i think it makes a huge difference just being from the area from from the beginning uh from the get-go and and there's probably not a lot of stones that you haven't turned over that you know the area probably like the back of your hand yeah it's um I do I do know the area well and it helps with you know it helps with name recognition and and knowing a lot of people but I've got since running for office and winning I've gotten to, got to meet a lot more people and gotten to know a lot more people that I otherwise wouldn't have Right. And well so, it's funny cuz you do think you know your town your hometown mm-hmm. really well and then all of a sudden it's like gosh I didn't know any of this. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right and it's so many in the in that's that's what I like about is getting to know more people, and uh, and that's what it's about. And I've mm-hmm. I wouldn't have gotten to know them if I if I hadn't run. And and it, there there was a lot uh, in the politics and otherwise that I did not know about in my community before I ran. Was there a particular thing that maybe made you pull the trigger this time and go for it? Um, not really. I was. You know, I kind of had my eye on it, and um, and it, it, it's something that presented itself. And um, a, a couple people planted that seed and kind of suggested that that I do run. Uh, there was somebody that was uh, the the seat was open, and and someone had been appointed just recently, and 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 that was two years ago. And so, uh, you know, it, it wasn't like. So it was a practically, an, it's almost an open seat. So we had three people running, and mm-hmm. uh, someone had planted the seed, and I, 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 I prayed about it, and one day I just decided to do it. I went and pulled the petition and, and put my name in, and I went full force and ran as hard as I could, and somehow I, I, I came out the, the winner uh, in November of 18. But I am filling a two-year spot. So I'm up I got for you. I, I'm up for re-election coming up in November. Well, you know, uh, you got a good memory probably, and the practice makes perfect. So it's time to do it again. Right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't have an opponent yet, so I'm hoping um, you know it'd, it'd be a little easier this time. Yeah, it was it was difficult. It's it's well, but I'm sure really it's not going to gonna really lower the bar for you because you still want to get out, meet people, introduce yourself. We, you know, after even a couple of years, you can't assume everybody knows, you know, what you're thinking and, and, and your positions on things because the area has been growing so darn fast. Yes, and I'm, 
I'm always more than willing to, to speak to anybody, even people out, constituents outside of my ward. Sure, um, yeah. If anybody, I, my cell phone number is out there, and, and um, I try to make, to return any call or any Facebook message, text, and uh, more than willing to meet with anybody, answer any questions. Well, that's, I think, um, the great thing about, you know, public service, and that I, I've really found that with almost everybody I've talked to that's serving, um, that's kind of an open book. Give us a call. Um, there are no secrets. Uh, and, you know, we're big. I think people don't realize how big it is in Sumner, but then again, we're not that big where you can pick up the phone. Correct. Right. Yeah, it's not so... Um, and especially at this level, I mean, this is where the rubber meets the road. It's not, you know, you get to the state level and, and it's, you're kind of, you're further removed. I mean, I I hit the same potholes. Some constituents call me about complaining. Right. And I'm like, I know, I'm mad too. When their trash is missed, most likely my trash is missed and mm-hmm. I'm mad about it too. And, right. And so I, and I see the same people, I see them in the grocery store and they'll, you know, stop me and talk about local issues so but there's no question there are politicians i'm not you know saying the the at the ground level like you were saying um but there are some that almost seem like they can't be bothered um (laughs) luckily that's not the case i think in sumner but but there's no question you know we've all run across those (laughs) it's like do i really care do i really matter at all you know right yeah and yeah there are yeah there are some we have a good we have a good board that is uh, very responsive, and I haven't heard many complaints. You know, you might not like the answer you get. <laughs> yeah, you can't can't say yes to everybody. <laughs> Correct. You try to please everybody, you're really not doing a good job. But I'm. But you can give them an answer, and that's that's sort Correct. of uh, really what I think what people are looking for. Correct, and I I try to, and uh, and most of most of them up there, they'll. They'll respond. It's because, um, like I said, they're, they're with you know they're they see these people in the grocery. They're with them. We're in this community. We're not uh, up on on Capitol Hill or yeah. Um, and you guys are doing it for the right reasons, which is good. Yes. Um, can you tell me about your family a little bit? Because we didn't really dive into that. Uh, share what you want, and you obviously don't have to. But uh, yeah. you know, we kind of dove right into politics there. Right. <laughs> Yeah, I guess I bypassed my family that day. I hope they're not. They're not. Uh, just tell them to listen starting at ten thirty or something after okay. this part. So. <laughs> yeah, I, I, tell them I, I, I mentioned um, the priorities in my life in reverse order. So, uh, yeah, the my family. I'm, I've been married for twenty years as of uh, June of this year. To, right through uh, till uh, today. <laughs> uh, yes, through yeah, till she hears this. And, yeah. The uh, Sarah Edwards, she's uh, she's wonderful. I don't know um, how she's, you know, put up with me for all these years, but uh, she's uh, she's wonderful. And we have two children, Ella and Hayden, and they're ages thirteen and ten. And Ella just started eighth grade, and um, she was homeschooled for a, a couple years, and so she's gone back to school, kind of gone back to school, you know, going yeah, well, two days a week. The way it is now, anyway. Right. So I guess we're we're easing back into going to school. And my 10-year-old Hayden attends uh, 
the Edison School, and he, he's been homeschooled, but he does go to the Edison School two days a week. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, it's kind of a new thing, mm-hmm. and it sounds like that's, uh, I'm assuming your wife was the homeschool teacher. Yes. Not an easy gig, by the way. No. That is a very difficult task. I, I, there's no way I could do it. But yeah. she does a great job at it. She's a lot smarter than I am, and she's uh, she's she just does a great job. All right. Well, I'm Russ, we're uh, Russ, we're we're coming up uh, at the end of our first break. We're going to come back and we'll talk a little bit more about uh, Hendersonville and things going on that uh, you guys might be working on, as well as uh, just your law firm and things happening there as well. We're talking with Russ Edwards, Alderman for Ward Three in Hendersonville, and we're going to come back right back with more of our program here on Sumner County Spotlight in just a moment. FNM Bank presents Sumner County Spotlights. Since 1906, FNM Bank has been serving Middle Tennessee with first-class products and services. Visit them today at 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville or myfmbank.com. Sumner County Spotlight continues this morning, and Russ Edwards uh, is our guest today. He's the alderman for Hendersonville Ward 3, uh, as well as a local attorney and uh, so, Russ, why don't we talk a little bit about your family business? Your father, you said, was an attorney for 40-something years, and still is, I'm assuming? Yes, we still practice together. It's a, um, we, ha- we do general practice. So no matter, we, he didn't talk you out of it, huh? <laughs> no, and, you know, some days he, 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 <laughs> it might have been good if he did. It's, it it yeah. has its challenges. Yeah. It has its challenges, but it's. I I enjoy it overall. We have um, it's just a um, we have a two person law firm here, and it's general practice. We do a lot of litigation, and um, a lot of that entails domestic work, which would be divorce and uh, custody. We do some criminal defense as well as personal injury, wills, uh, estates, probate. Couple things we don't. I can tell you a couple things we don't do is mm-hmm. bankruptcy and medical malpractice. Right. But if there's but, personal, most personal issues, you tend to cover. Yes. If we, yeah, we we handle a lot of a lot of family matters. I mean, even breach of contract, any, almost anything that requires litigation. Mm-hmm in addition to drafting contracts and wills and things of that nature. So master negotiator. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes, yes. But that takes to a do, toll. How do you, uh, you know, I mean, it is. Especially family matters. They can get pretty intense. Um, you spend, find yourself spending your time calming people down a little bit. <laughs> yes, it's, it can be difficult because, you, you know, especially during a, a divorce or custody you see people at the worst times of their lives. It's divorce can be more stressful than a death, and y- you have to keep that in perspective. If not, you would have a kind of jaded view on humanity of, you know, this person isn't how you know. I, I represent people, and I see them at their worst, and then I'll see them out around town two years later, and they're a completely different person and happy. And so you're right. You you have to keep that in perspective. You have to kind of navigate through the tough part um, mm-hmm. and sort of distance the emotion, which isn't easy uh, because it always comes seems to always come back to dough, you know, to money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah, you're right. It's you ha- you do have to you know distance yourself from it if you if you let yourself take on the emotions of your client. It's kind of like the doctor 
taking on the, the pain of their patient, you have to really not let it bring you down. You have to right, exactly. Because you're, you're going from one to the next, and all of a sudden, oh boy. And maybe, but yeah. maybe you're having a couple where it's very amicable or, or whatever, you know. Still, there still yes, needs to, paperwork still needs to be done, still needs to be filed. Um, you know, you can scratch it out on a legal pad, I guess, on your dining room table, but there are still things that you want to make sure a professional reviews everything. Correct. And we, us attorneys, we do love when people reach agreements. If they can reach it on their own and we just have to do the paperwork, that's better for everybody. Sure. Um, it's, it's cheaper for the um, um, litigants. And um, it's just better overall. And yeah, it does. Re- some a lot of divorces are just uh, amicable. They've reached an agreement, and it's drafting the paperwork and non-emotional negotiations. So, and those are the kinds that that are the best and aren't um, when they're not fighting so much. Yeah. So you know, just for knowledge for folks out there that have either been through it, going through it, uh, having issues. Um, so what, how does it work in Tennessee? Is it, you know, there are a lot of states that are 50-50, there are states with alimony, there are states without. How, what is Tennessee like with regard to uh, marriages and divorces? Well, um, you know, there's a lot of, that covers a lot, there's a lot of laws. Um, mm-hmm. If you're asking, are you asking specifically about custody? Um, you know, I don't know. It's kind of an open-ended question mm-hmm. because, but I, I do think people have those questions and sometimes mm-hmm. they don't ask them until they're forced to or they're super emotional about it. This mm-hmm. might be, uh, you know, a pretty simple opportunity to give us, you know, kind of a uh, divorce 101 in, in the state mm-hmm. of Tennessee because, uh, you know, like you said, I don't even know how you guys keep track of all these laws, but... <laughs> Um, but maybe there are just some, uh, maybe a 30,000 mm-hmm. foot view of, of what mm-hmm. Tennessee is, is, uh, there are, there are laws on the books. Yes, there are a lot of laws on the books. And, um, it, to start with custody, which is always the most important topic, uh, if people have children, Tennessee does not, a lot of judges are moving to 50-50, mm-hmm. where they, they share equal parenting time, because the only thing, the, the on the books, the law says you're supposed to maximize the role each parent has with the children. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, there's no mandatory 50-50 or equal right. parenting time. Well, and time. it's probably a little vague like that on purpose, mm-hmm. so that yeah. you have some leeway, I'm assuming, right? Correct, because every case is different. Mm-hmm. But there are there are some judges who say you know I default to fifty fifty equal parenting time unless um, unless you can show me otherwise. Right. There's some that do that, and but but every case is different, so it's it's gray. That's a gray area on purpose. Right. Because right. it's it should be because every case is different. I don't. I don't. And and there's some judges that say I start with that, but there are some judges that will say in other counties that will say I'm doing 50-50 no matter what. Right. I don't like that because it just takes away um, the unique circumstances of each case. So there is no black and white issue. There are statutory criteria to for the courts to consider when awarding custody that the courts have to take in consideration and it's a long 14 point list. Mm-hmm to take in consideration, and those are obviously the most difficult emotional issues for courts to make. Um, what about what the, about things like um, 
just the splits or alimony or mm-hmm. prenups and all all that stuff. Oh, that yeah. As far as um, as far as property, gen- courts generally divide property fifty fifty, assuming it's jointly owned and accrued during the marriage. Right. Courts will divide that fifty fifty, and that could be a house, four hundred one k, personal property. But court, it, it seems that sometimes people do get caught up in fighting over something that, look, it's mm-hmm. probably going to be 50-50. You can fight it, I guess, but, yeah. but we're going to end up right back here. You know? <laughs> Co- correct. And, but, but, but like every case is different. That's why the, the law says that the courts are to make an equitable division, and equitable doesn't mean equal. So I got you. Yeah, I got it doesn't you. have to be equal because there's unique circumstances. People bring property into a marriage. Yes. Uh, they inherit yes. Items and so, yeah. Th- that's th- that's far from black and white. Also, you have to take every case is different. Every case is unique. Mm-hmm. Uh, but generally, of course, try to do a fifty-fifty division. Alimony, you know, child support and alimony. If you want me to talk about that for a second, child support does have a formula to go by. Is that with each state has their own formula or? Yes, yeah. every state is different, and mm-hmm. child support, you have a formula based on people's incomes and times they're spending with the children. Mm-hmm. Alimony is gray, a gray area, and it's based on need and ability to pay. Mm-hmm. So however much support, if any, you're going to pay just depends on the unique circumstances of each case. I see. Okay. Makes sense. And every state is different. Every state is different when it comes to divorce and custody right. law. What about prenuptial agreements? I mean, do they work? I know a lot. You you hear more about them. Are more people doing them? Um, you, I, you know, I don't do that many. I see them come up, and it's you, you just nobody thinks of doing. A lot of people don't think of doing that until you know, later. <laughs> yeah, right? They think think look back, think wow, why didn't I do that? But it's it's a difficult topic to broach because if you're you're about to get married to somebody. That's yeah, that's happy. not the time to do it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a that, that's a difficult conversation. So I understand why a lot don't do it, but it makes business sense if somebody comes in with a lot of assets. Sure, on both parties. Want, really? Yeah, they want it protected, and um, and it, it can be a difficult conversation. It's smart if if yeah one has in a, a lot of assets. It's smart to do, and we do those. I don't. I don't do very many, mm-hmm. and I have, and I. Have I was just wondering them. about that with everything going on, and things can get contentious these days. So I was wondering if those were uh, more prevalent or not. No, not really. Okay. What What about um, where people get together? They They know they're going to be getting a divorce. They come up with an agreement, um, and you look it over and say, "Well, you know, that looks good, but have you thought of this?" Or not? Not mm-hmm. that you're trying to throw a wrench in anything, but you're just trying to protect whoever your client happens to be. Yeah, well, because I'm always, I always want, and, and most attorneys want attor- clients to settle, so I don't want to do anything to disrupt the apple cart, and right. I, would, I want them to settle. There's some, there's some matters such as child support that, that you can't just pick a number. Like people call right, it, yeah, I yeah. just want to pay her 100 a month, and she's agreed to it. I'm like, well, you can't do, do that. That's you have right. To, Come up with you have to show the court this number. That's the only thing that really I'll step in about, and the court will. The court will. The courts require that even if they have an agreement. But 
I, I try to do anything to, to not disrupt an agreement. If mm-hmm. they come to me and, you know, I can advise them and say, well, if you went to court, you might could do better, but if you, and for the sake of agreement, um, you can sign this. But there are so some I, minimums and things, and I'm sure. Yeah. 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 I'll have to, you know, if you come to me and ask me the question, I'll have to say, you know, I don't agree with this, or you could do better, but, you know, you don't have to listen to me. So when you're in law school or you're, you know, you're working with uh, other attorneys or your your father, um, do you dive right into this kind of thing? Because it is a, you know, family practice can be touchy. Um, there's a lot of probably patience and um, navigating and and emotion. Um, mm-hmm. How the heck do you teach that in a classroom? Yeah. There's a lot that, yeah, there's a lot they do not teach you in law school, and there's a lot they teach in law school that you'll, you never use yeah. in real yeah. life. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, it, it's, it, there's a lot of, um, you know, on-the-job training it, it, that, that y- you pick up on, on along the way. And mm-hmm. It does take a while. It takes a long time to kind of get good at it. Too. Right. I, I mean, I would think so. Mm-hmm. You can maybe, right. as you get better at it, avoid a few potholes here and there. But mm-hmm. uh, Or you don't want to get sucked down into the vortex of, oh, boy, here we go. <laughs> <You know>? yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way of looking at it. But, yeah, but, but, but it's also experience. You can say, you know, someone right out of law school can say, here's what the law is. Mm-hmm. But somebody that's been practicing a long time can say, well, I, you know, I've had a case on this, and I tried this case, and here's what this judge did. And so there's the the practical application to it, and that that just takes time. That just takes experience and and going to court, and unfortunately losing a lot, and uh, and and just being in the mix and trying it and uh, trying cases and a lot of experience. Has there been any? Uh, it's kind of an off-topic question, a little bit, but in family practice, since this whole COVID thing began, um, you know, we've seen a lot of growth in Sumner County. Um, and then this disruption in sort of normal life, has that uh, affected the business in any way, uh, you know, with the growth? Have you, have you gotten a lot more business and or has the COVID thing kind of screwed things up or gotten people out of whack with their businesses or their families or things like that? Um, with the family, yeah, unfortunately, you'll hear um, with the COVID and the quarantine, you know, some people, families that are around each other too much can um, be a good thing or a bad thing. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I don't know if we've had a certain uptick because divorces and custody matters are are pretty steady. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I, you know, we've, I don't know if it's been, we've increased in that from before, um, any any unexpected things because of the pandemic at all that, um, you know, well, I, I, don't, I don't know how much business stuff you do, but, um, mm-hmm. you know, there are, family, um, there are family businesses and they're sort of tied together. Yes, I haven't had a lot, you know, just what I hear on the news and all, I haven't had a lot in my practice on that, but you do hear of, you know, small businesses shutting down. We haven't had... Well, not on wood. Really, we hope your phone doesn't mm-hmm. ring about that, you know. Yes. But we haven't had a lot of. Um, I have. It hasn't really affected our practice much as far as other businesses shutting down. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. 
Well, Russ, we're uh, we're up against a break again here. We're talking with Russ Edwards. Uh, Russ is the uh, alderman for Ward 3 in Hendersonville. And we'll come back and talk a little bit about uh, Hendersonville and what you guys got cooking and what's on your plate and how you've adapted to everything this year. And we'll come back with more of our program, Sumner County Spotlight, right after these messages. Brought to you by FNM Bank at 221 Indian Lake Boulevard and also at myfmbank.com. FNM Bank presents Sumner County Spotlights. Since 1906, FNM Bank has been serving Middle Tennessee with first-class products and services. Visit them today at 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville or myfmbank.com. Welcome back to Sumner County Spotlight this Sunday morning here on WHIN. It's Russ Edwards, who is the alderman for Ward 3 in Hendersonville, our guest this morning. And Russ, uh, so have you guys met in person yet since beginning of the year or whenever? I, you know, I don't think we've met in person since uh, March, I believe, since all this came about, since the governor issued the the order. We have been meeting by Zoom. I wonder when you guys get to do that. You're probably ready to, I'm assuming. Yeah, I don't know. He's extended the orders because... Is that through the end of the month, maybe? Extended yeah, it? yeah, and, yeah. you know, we may start back in September. I don't know, and we have to... We're supposed to meet in person, and, and the, the governor allowed us to vote electronically, meaning by Zoom, allow cities and counties to do that, and he's understand it, extended it through August, um, and he may extend it through September. So as long as he does that, we'll probably continue to meet by Zoom, because mm-hmm. no, because normally under the law, cities and municipalities have to actually be present and vote in person but the governor has lifted that requirement, allowing us to meet by Zoom, which hasn't been that bad. I've actually enjoyed it because um, a lot of these meetings, like last night, we went till well, we went till nine thirty. Sometimes we get out at ten uh, thirty or, or eleven, and then you have to drive home. It's pretty, it's pretty convenient, right. and nice being at the house, and um, well, you can probably get there. through things a little quicker. But on the other hand, there is that social aspect, and those relationships are important. Yeah, I mean, I like I like actually seeing the aldermen and, and seeing the people there. I actually like being there. Um, so you, I do miss that aspect of it. What? Uh, so what's at the top of you guys' list these days? What's what's the top five things you guys are working on? Uh, well, we have uh, the city administrator has obviously been a hot topic, and that was that was voted in. Um, Has she uh, started yet, or? She has not. We 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 hired or we've tentatively hired selected Carmen Davis to be the permanent city administrator, and we are the the city is negotiating a contract with her right now, as we speak. And I'm I'm hoping that's finalized next week. Um, so we I haven't really been kept in the loop exactly. There's a committee that's meeting um, to negotiate the terms with her. Right. So that's going to be interesting how that goes. It's been it's gone pretty well with the interim city administrator Dave Lamarb. Right, so, we talked to Dave. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's gone well, and I and I um, I hope and pray she does a good job. She she seems she's very qualified, and I think she'll do a I think she'll do a great job. And um, we look forward to having her, and hopefully hopefully we can have her soon. Well, what's uh, what's big on the hit list for Hendersonville? <laughs> Well, there's always something um, we have. We're always dealing with trash. There's always trash issues. Uh, oh yeah, 
<laughs> we can't talk about Hendersonville without talking about that. No, I'm sure everybody would like to not talk about it, but correct. It's a very emotional topic for many, and um, and so, but but it was it was bad for a while, and it's our Waste Pro has gotten better. Waste Pro has um, because they had some people out for right. COVID. I know they had some COVID staffing reasons. issues. Yeah, as as yeah, a lot of companies have. I mean, there's no question. Yeah, yeah, and it's. But it's more difficult when it's the trash company. You know, it's one thing if a small business, a restaurant shuts down for a couple weeks because of testing positive. It's completely something different when the trash company does it, and that's the only trash company that can pick up in Hendersonville. So that made it very, very frustrating for mm-hmm. many, and I understand, under, understand people's frustration. I was mad, too. Right. But it seems it's gotten better. They've they've picked up, and um, I haven't heard of any. I haven't had any complaints in a couple weeks. Knock on wood. Well, that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, other uh, you know projects or things that are in the works that are or either going to start. Well, we had an issue last night came up of having citywide recycling, and Alderman Robertson and Alderman Hayes were the sponsors of that, and. That was pulled at the last minute. It was interesting. Uh, that was going to make. Um, uh, I would like to have seen what the vote on that would have been. And that, that well, maybe was uh, be... maybe it's timing is everything. And coming yeah. off of the garbage thing is like, oh, let's just hold off for a little. <laughs> Give everybody a little yeah. breather. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, the timing might not have been best, but it's it would have provided um, it would have provided. Green Village was going. It would been. It was proposed for Green Village to. It was called the Volunteer Opt-in Program. I see. And, and anybody in Hendersonville could could sign up for it, and they were guaranteed to pay a. My understanding guaranteed to pay a minimum of eleven dollars a month to have recycling to directly to Green Village, and recycling would pick. They would have recycling picked up twice a month at $11 a month. And it, it was the city's involvement, it, and it wasn't, there was no funds coming from the city. And so, and I honestly don't know how I would have voted. I was waiting to hear the presentation last night, and I was doing a lot of research on it. But at the last minute, even during the meeting, the owner of, of Green Village decided to withdraw and not go forward um, with their bid to to be the citywide recycler. Okay, all right. And it's many many other cities are doing that, so it's we're not treading really new water here. I was kind of suspicious of our involvement. Why is the city involved in this? Why can't Green Village just go? You know, everybody pay privately directly to them. So right, right. So that that was an interesting topic. I was ready for a spirited discussion about it but it was withdrawn so well it could be a business like any other business you don't necessarily need permission if if it's a service mm. people want to opt in for and pay for they'll do it if they don't they won't yeah like i do i pay 25 dollars a month and i get it picked up every week it's a private decision i make um mm-hmm. the question is should the government get involved in that well that yeah, is always the thing. question isn't it yeah right <laughs> Well, what did Ronald Reagan say? The nine most dangerous words in the English language are, I'm from the government and I'm here to help. Yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> yep. <laughs> 
So usually, you, things don't usually go really well when the government's involved. But but on the other hand, you know, being in public service, I would imagine one of the upsides is you do learn about a lot of different things that maybe uh, you know you didn't know when you came into office. Yes, you learn a lot. I did. I knew nothing about trash or recycling when I came in. I just knew they picked it up once a week. Or, I bet you're an expert now. <laughs> I know a lot more than I ever thought I would know. Is you learn you you do learn a lot of topics, and I realized how limited my knowledge was when I came into this. So it's been, the, it's been interesting. So the working relationship between um, mayors and councils or, or aldermen, uh, as it is in Hendersonville, um, how, how does that work? Is it, you know, I know you've only been in it a couple of years, but, uh, I mean, is there constant contact, or is it, you know, we just sort of get this list of things and we go over it together when we, when we hook up, or... Yeah, it's well. We're limited. Municipalities are limited by state law. It's called the Sunshine Law, where where um, elected officials are are not are not allowed to deliberate or discuss top discuss topics that are coming up. And that that does until make it's it, a formal meeting setting. You mean? Yeah, until yeah. it is. You're not allowed to discuss it outside of a formal meeting. Right. Right. And that but, makes it difficult. Because it's, you know, it makes it difficult to pick up and uh, the phone and call one of the aldermen and and can't really dive. You can't really dive into the nuts and bolts of things. I would think. Yeah, you, you can't. You're and, and it's unfortunate. You know, a lot of the state legislatures can leaders can do that. They can talk to each other, and a lot of that is hashed out before they are in session, and they just go vote. Unfortunately, we're not permitted to talk about it. You're. The meetings—that's a lot of the reason why the meetings last so long, because that's our our opportunity to talk about it, and we can't, you know, have a deal worked out before we get before we get there mm-hmm. and just vote. I can see the benefit of that, so the public knows, you know, here's where we're doing our business. Um, but it it makes it difficult, and I wish I, you know, wish we could discuss it more. With the with the fellow aldermen in the in the mayor. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I guess this does move things along, but maybe it does leave room for more mistakes, just because, like you said, you can't can't get into the details of things. Yeah, and then so we're we're forced to when we're live, you know, having to negotiate and come up with deals right on the spot when Ooh. we're live oh, in that'd a meeting. Be tough. Yeah, and you're, and so it's hard to have time to process it. But, but you do have, yeah. So it it makes it. Well, I'm assuming you can yeah. always table things and come back, revisit. But it does, you know. In, in certain ways, it speeds things up, and in other ways, it probably slows them way down. Yeah, it generally slows it down. Um, but at least the public gets to see exactly what's going on, and they they don't think there's any. I mean, people think this anyway that there's shady deals going on behind the scenes. Right. Well, I'm that sure that's anyway. why it was created in the first place, to make sure there wasn't. On the other yeah. hand, you know, which is good for the constituents. That's what we mm-hmm. want to make sure that things are always on the up and up. Mm-hmm. Um, right. But what if, what if somebody, what if an alderman, for example, doesn't want to make a decision? Can they, can they always abstain? Is there always other options to say, look, I just 
don't feel comfortable that I know enough mm-hmm. about what I'm doing, so I'm going to bail on this vote or whatever? Yeah, you you can always ask, and we do that a lot. We can say, hey, look, we're not ready. Let's let's defer this and come back to it. Mm-hmm. Um, in some some, if if you're the person who brought the piece of legislation, you can always withdraw it and say, okay, fine, I'll I'll withdraw it and we'll come back in a couple weeks. But ordinances do require two readings, so you have to it has to pass two readings anyway. So that allows for more discussion. It's a lot of people will even if I don't agree with the ordinance at first reading, will vote on it to get to second reading to give us two weeks to think about what was all discussed and maybe do some research and. Um, well, and I know you know back. since you've been at this a little bit now, does it take some time? I would imagine there's a you know, acclimation process, and then where you, you get up the nerve to actually propose some legislation out. <laughs> have you done that yet, or have you? Yeah, it's, yeah, it does take a, um, it does take a while to kind of feel what's going on. You know, the first month or so, I had absolutely no clue what was happening. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but yeah, once you get the feel of, of, of what's going on, then you can, um, then you you feel more comfortable speaking up and and bringing forth legislation and kind of kind of a, a good feel of the time when to bring something up, um, bring bring something forward. And a, you know, a lot of it is procedural matters, like we need to take care of this stuff. And a lot of it's the budget. A lot of it, our time, we spend a lot of time focused on the budget. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, like my wife told me when I got elected, she goes, "Just, just make sure you just don't talk for like two months. Just <laughs> don't put your and, foot and in I your didn't mouth." And I listen yeah. to that. I think the first meeting I was saying something. Oh, here he goes. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's uh, you know, unlike the state legislature or federal, um, if you guys can't really talk a whole lot or at all, uh, and there's restrictions for that on certain things, you know, where in state matters people can sign on to legislation. They can do it together, and they can do mm-hmm. those kind of things. You guys don't have that opportunity at this level? To, are you talking about, like, to co-sponsor and yeah. bring forth legislation? Yeah, I yeah, mean... Th- there are co-sponsors, um, and that's what, that's, is what makes it difficult. You kind of, if you want someone to co-sponsor legislation, you know, it, the legislation... It's like they're hearing through, it for the first time, <laughs> kind of a thing. yeah. Yeah. Well, it goes through committee for like you'll first bring it to the committee, like public safety committee or public works, and at that point, when you kind of, you know, you bring it forth, you can ask people there because that's a public meeting, right? And, and you can idea. figure out if this is worth, you know, continuing on or is this dying on the vine? We'll just, you know, forget this. It's not. There's not enough support or interest or whatever. Yes. So mm-hmm. you kind of can get a feel there, or you can ask people because at that point it's a public meeting. You can talk sure. about anything. So I'm like, hey, do you want to do you want to sign on? It's a co-sponsor, and some will say, yeah, I want to sign on. And that's how you can get the co-sponsor. I got gotcha. you. Okay. And then then you kind of get a feel for what kind of support you have, and you know, somebody might say, you know, I don't like this. I don't know if it's going to pass. Then you can you get a feel, and you don't you don't want to bring it before the before the full board. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay, well, I'm learning. We're learning as we go here on yeah. uh, how it's all put together because, you know, you do have to operate within uh, some parameters. There's no question about it. Mm-hmm. Um, we're talking with Russ Edwards. He's the alderman for Hendersonville Ward 3, and we're going to come back with the last segment of our program here on Sumner County Spotlight. We're glad you could join us this morning. We'll be right back in just a moment. FNM Bank presents Sumner County Spotlights. Since 1906, FNM Bank has been serving Middle Tennessee with first-class products and services. Visit them today 
Thursday at 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville or myfmbag.com. And we're back this morning talking with Russ Edwards, Alderman for Hendersonville Ward 3 here on Sumner County Spotlight. Glad you could join us this morning. And Russ, uh, so usually when one is an attorney or one is in the spotlight, one would typically try to do things outside of politics and or law to help the community. And uh, can you tell us a little bit about the things that you're interested in and and, uh, some of the organizations you may have helped out or are involved with? Yeah, so that's a another one of my passions is is helping out with nonprofits. I'm a member of the Hendersonville Morning Rotary Club, and um, we do a lot of uh, charity work, and it's a, it's a great organization with uh, great people. And um, so I, I help out a lot with that. I'm also on the board of the Cumberland Valley Arc, which assists those with special needs, and the Cumberland Valley Arc puts on the Project 22, and that's a, a social organization mm-hmm. for those with special needs, and I've been on the, the board, a board member since I believe 2014. I'm also on the Arc of Tennessee uh, board, and I've been on that since 2019, and that also assists those with special needs. Um and I've I've been on other um, various boards um, with the um, with the I'm also on the nonprofits contribution committee for the city of Hendersonville where we decide what nonprofits to the city would would assist in. I see. And so, yeah, that's that's uh, uh, um, those are some of the ways I also give back to the community and I enjoy serving the community. On these, um, typically, if you're on a board or something like that, you know, boards try to be pretty diverse so that they can have somebody that's in marketing and in law mm-hmm. and things. Do you find yourself helping out with legal matters if you can? Yes. A lot of boards do like having um, at least one attorney on board so you, they can help out with the, the legal matters. Right. Um, so that, that always helps to, to have... Um, have a diverse background and um, have, have a board uh, that has some diverse background. Financial, it's always good to have like an accountant or somebody in financial. Sure, and, uh, sure. And an attorney. I guess it all depends on the nonprofit. So when you got out of school, Russ, and you started uh, practicing law with your father, did you dive into some philanthropic things right away? Did you kind of wait until you got your feet wet? Um, yeah, I kind of wait. I didn't jump in right away. I didn't find a I didn't find a passion for it until till later after I was practicing because I was um, uh, I still am busy with the family, you know, start, starting a family and starting my law practice. Right. Um, but yeah, it's it's been as of um, as of the the, five, the past six or seven years. It's it's really caught on, and I've I realized I did have a a passion for helping out and in service uh, that I really didn't uh, know I had but, but it's um, it's been definitely fulfilling it's 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 definitely more it's definitely more satisfying helping out with nonprofits as well as public services is a lot more satisfying than just for well, me you just, don't, you don't get yelled at as much so <laughs> oh, correct yes Doing with nonprofits and all, yes. Well, tell us about working with your dad. We haven't really, you know, you as with these other things, you know, law practice and public service and helping out with nonprofits. The reality is, you are in a family business, and that's a whole sort of a different thing. 
Um, you yeah. know, uh, family businesses, uh, I've worked in them before. I have one. Um, and that can create challenges and also be extremely rewarding at the same time. I mean, your your father's been at this um, a long time. Have you been able to relieve some of this? Is he is he get to see the light at the end of the rainbow at some point, or, <laughs> yeah, or are you, are you making him work just as hard as he's ever worked? <laughs> no, it's he he enjoys coming in and, and working still. He he likes it, so he he's still going at it and working. He's he's kind of calmed down a little bit. Um, you know, I, I think he doesn't uh, he doesn't work uh, put in a lot of the grueling hours. Mm-hmm. But he still enjoys it and comes in at, uh, and he, it's it's interesting. You know, working with family, it's you know, is interesting. It, Did you know that you'd be able to work together okay before you? Because uh, you know, you didn't have to come back and and work yeah. with him. You know, I mean, I thought I thought we would. It's always been on my mind to do that, and um, it's yeah. I mean, we we enjoy it. We, it's. It does have a whole new dynamic when you're working with family. Sure, because, but, but wouldn't he, you think? I mean, in if you looking back to when you you got out of school at UT and you came in and you started, um, I gotta believe that your old man really helped you avoid a whole lot of potholes and things. Yeah. Uh, you know, better to learn from family, I suppose, in that particular case than a bunch mm-hmm. of strangers. And you're going into law firm, you don't know anybody. Yeah, and you can. Um yeah, I did learn a lot because I, I was while while in law school at night I was paralegal for him, and so I learned I learned a lot. Sure. So I hit I hit the ground running, but he's given me great opportunities um, to practice here, and it's um, you know it is it is interesting. You have the the issue of trust. You know, he and I can fully trust each other. There's sure. Never uh, when you work with family, there's you take out that element of of of, of of not trusting somebody or thinking. Well, and that's may... not a small thing because if you right. you know you give Correct. the reins to some people and more and more leeway, and then you find out, oh man, that was not at all what I was <laughs> expecting. I mean, we've yeah, all you, probably you, been through that. Yeah, and it's you know you, there's no fear of somebody quitting one day and right. leaving you. So, but he, he may retire one day. I don't know. I haven't right. been able to. But you know, forty plus years of relationships um, and him being able to introduce you and. Uh, those kind of things certainly had to uh, be beneficial, I would think. Definitely. I've, I've definitely been blessed. Yeah. I definitely feel blessed. I've, I've had great opportunities. So where do you guys go from here, uh, from uh, the law, uh, the, the, uh, law firm and, and things like that? Do you, like, um, do you like being smaller and not, you know, mm-hmm. 70, 80 attorneys? And, yeah, I kinda, we kind of like the, the small... It's where I don't foresee us uh, growing and getting more attorneys. It, it's we, I, I like the small. I like just I, I enjoy what we're doing now. I have no aspirations of having you know a, a large firm with multiple people. I like what we're I like what we're doing, and we 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 get busy. We we have a lot of clients call, and we have to um, we have to sometimes turn. Turn some down because we we get a lot um, on occasions, but I, I don't I don't foresee us having um, 
you know, hiring a lot of new attorneys. I think we're pretty we're pretty satisfied with what we're doing. So managing your time is important, and and what you can do, and because you want to, you know, do a good job for your clients. I'm sure. What are there other family members in besides just you and your dad? My brother what? does. My brother is Matt Edwards, and he um, and he 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 does um, have an office here. Mm-hmm. He has an office here. So yes, he he's he's um, been an attorney, and he um, he's been. Uh, practice, practicing in Sumner County. He does a lot of criminal work and a lot of juvenile work. I see. Okay. And then there's some support staff, uh, I'm assuming. Yeah, we have two, we have two paralegals. Two pa- and we, we try to, we try to keep, they stay busy, but they, they, they help us out a lot. We couldn't get by without them. All right. We're pretty fortunate to have them. Well, Russ, we appreciate you uh, giving us some insight, uh, especially on the nuts and bolts of being an alderman. And, uh, yeah. you know, you're not a rookie anymore, I guess, a couple <laughs> of years at it. So we can't call you a rookie anymore. Well, yeah, and I'm not, I'm not completely seasoned. I'm still, <laughs> still learning. I'm but, still learning. Well, hopefully, God willing, I'll win, I'll, um, win this next election. I look forward to... Um, hopefully serving a, a full term. They're four-year terms, and, and mm-hmm. um, if I win this one, then I'll be able to serve a full term, and we'll see where it goes from here. All right. Well, Russ, we appreciate you taking the time out of your schedule to uh, to chat with us and enlighten us about you know family business and law and, yeah. and divorce and family uh, matters and things like that, and, and again, the, the inner workings of of uh, being an alderman, and I think, uh, you know, that's important for everyone to understand how everything kind of comes together. Yes. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate that. Absolutely appreciate it, and uh, that's going to do it for us for this week. Uh, Russ Edwards, the uh, alderman for Ward 3 in Hendersonville, appreciate his time this morning, and that's going to wrap it up for Sumner County Spotlight, as we do it every Sunday morning right here on WHIN, and we appreciate the sponsorship of F&M Bank at 221 Indian Lake Boulevard. Always sponsoring our uh, our show here, and also you can check them out at myfmbank.com. We will talk to you again next Sunday morning. We hope you have a great week. Stay safe, and we'll talk to you next Sunday morning here on WHIN. Sumner County Spotlight has been brought to you exclusively by FNM Bank, 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville. Whether you need personal banking, banking for your business, or even home mortgages, FNM Bank can provide you with excellent service right here in Sumner County. Visit them today at myfmbank.com. Sumner County Spotlight will return next Sunday at 10 a.m. Thanks for listening.